Well, hello there, ladies and gents. Welcome back once again to Doom Radio, also known as Tango TV, the only Doom podcast with two names. Uh, now, this episode was recorded on the 2nd of June, which, if you have your eyes on the calendar, was bloody ages ago. <laughs> like six weeks or some shit. Um, turns out the microphone, which you're listening to right now, and it's a pretty good mic as well. It's an NT1 from Rode. Uh, sometime between recording the episode and then actually getting off my ass to, to fix it up, which was like four weeks, let's be honest. Most of it was just bone idle laziness. Uh, but the capsule went bust, so I need to mail that interstate, have it fixed, get sent back under warranty. All seems to be good now. This is the first time I've been using it since uh, it has been sent back. Uh, so hopefully it all holds together. Now, today's episode is on slaughter mapping, or rather the slaughter scene, I suppose, in general. Uh, it's something I've been wanting to talk about on this show for a while, but honestly didn't know who to contact at first because I don't exactly have a large circle of slaughter friends. Uh, it's a very tightly knit community within a community. Uh, a couple of reasons I really wanted to talk about it. I suppose the first is that on a practical level, I need to really play this stuff and understand uh, what makes it tick, the minds behind some of its best creations. Uh, the second reason, though, is because it seems like every second or third month there's another thread lamenting the genre in some capacity cropping up on the forums, and there's a lot of misinformation and um, misattributing of facts, whatever, smearing and blaring, as they would say here in Australian politics, and uh, you just really need to diffuse the situation and stop the shit flying over the fence all the time. It's, it stinks, really, and it's nasty to look at. Uh, so I have two very fine guests. Nine Inch Heels was supposed to be joining us, but unfortunately she couldn't join Benjagami and Mr. Zool, otherwise known as Killer Five on the forums. Benjagami is the self-proclaimed god of toilets. He also uh, headlined Slaughter Max, which was targeting in particular prospective players of Slaughter, but also veterans as well. And it, um, it showcases some of the cream of the crop, and I recommend you go play that. It was released earlier this year. And... Uh, Killer5 is perhaps best known as just a really good player. He plays all this stuff on stream. Uh, so he's an entertainer. Perhaps too good for his own good or for the viewers. who want to watch him die more. At least that's what he says. Uh, and uh, if you do know him as a level designer, then you'll know him for Dimensions, of course, um, which Nine Inch Heels uh, likes to tout as well a lot. Anyway, this is a great discussion. Uh, it's one I'd like to return to in the future as well. No doubt this is going to be a space that continues to evolve and be talked about across the board. So, without further ado, slaughter. Yeah, so it was right about early 2016. I was just getting back into Doom and... Um, it's just the, the first thing that really grabbed me was Sunder. I watched Mega Blast and Mr. Zool play it, and I thought it was awesome. Um, just the visuals and the, the oppressive monsters, I felt really meshed well together. And um, I think for, for me, Slaughter is a lot about aesthetic and um, difficulty just accents architecture like that very well. Right, so it wasn't necessarily the style of play that hooked you in straight away, but rather the just standing in awe of those big Sunder-esque uh, architectural giants sort of thing? Yeah, just seeing it on stream, I was like, I gotta play that, and I played it, and I enjoyed it, even though I died a lot. <laughs> and what about you, Mr. Zill? 
so I got into Slaughter basically because a buddy of mine, he knows that I just like playing hard stuff. Like I would to ch- sort of challenge myself since I've been playing Left 4, du- Left 4 Dead 2 for so long. Um, I would beat campaigns on expert realism without taking any damage um, just because I was tired of playing Left 4 Dead 2 so much. I need something new. And um, a buddy of mine was like, hey, let's play some Doom. Uh, Doom can get pretty difficult. So he threw out, um, we should play Memento Mori and co-op. Um, Memento Mori ended up not being really my cup of tea. Um, it wasn't like the most difficult thing um, that I had really played. And my friend knew that I just like difficult stuff. And so he was like, well, there's this other genre called Slaughter. Um, and he had only really known about Sunder. Um, was really the only slaughter wad that he had heard of. And so we threw that up in co-op. Now, if you've ever played Sunder in co-op, you know that it's absolutely horrific. Um, there's a whole bunch of lock-ins. There's no teleporters anywhere. Um, people get stuck all the time. It's pretty bad. Um, but the gameplay really, um, it really grabbed me because all of a sudden we started dying all the time. Um, like map five, we were just like, wow, this is way beyond us at the time. And, um, basically that's what got me into slaughter, uh, was just realizing, oh, there's like this super hard, challenging stuff in Doom that I'd never heard of before. Um, especially since I had just recently started playing Doom again in 2013 after taking a huge break uh, back from like 20, 2008 or something like that was the last time I played Doom before that. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically how I got into it. Right. Yeah. Interesting the angle uh, that you come in there having been predisposed to playing particularly difficult stuff to begin with. Um, I suppose the outliers would be people like Steve D, for example, who's a, a, a 90s mapper, level designer, and fairly recently uh, became interested. And he was always a masochist when it came to d- designing levels. And, and he has a, an, a simple objective, which is quite innocent, but quite um, uh, quite helpful as a creator, which is simply to kill the player. And that has evolved into an interest in playing Slaughter stuff. But he comes from... You know, he didn't play... To my mind, I haven't actually asked him that question, but whether he played a lot of other content uh, specifically for difficulty outside of them and then wanted to do to enter the slaughter genre that way. But it seems to me that uh, most of the eccentric types who come into the genre uh, haven't been with Doom for all that long, or they've just been returning to the game and they've been playing other games and they like to be challenged in that capacity. Whereas if you're a longstanding member, typically uh, you're more in your roots and you're not really keen on the salt sunders or the sunlasts or what have you is that uh, is that true for a lot of other people in the scene do you think i think for myself um i've always been i've been a lifelong doom fan so i i do appreciate the classic gameplay um but for whatever reason even though i've been playing since the 90s i didn't really play pwads at all i just revis- revisit the iwads occasionally and um and I think the first two PWODs I played in 2016 were Back to Saturn X and Sunder. And um, yeah, I don't know. I I like both. And I suppose I'm kind of a newcomer just because I came, I sort of, um, it was never seriously into the community or mapping or anything like that. Um, so I, I guess I fit that archetype of newcomer interested in challenge because I've always been interested in like speedruns and stuff like that. Um, I think that really helps sort of be, being a newcomer without having any sort of predispositions of what kind of gameplay you really like to see in Doom um, because it's such a, a shock like when you enter the Doom community because like I had no idea how many different types of wads there are in Doom. Like um, being introduced for 
to jump maze, for example. Like I had no idea like that was even a thing in Doom. Um, what's, what's so I think it, just, uh, uh, jump maze is sort of like um, it's a Z Doom platforming. I guess it'd be more Zandronum ish, but it's a multiplayer platforming only sort of um, wad. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about bunny hopping and Counter Strike or anything like that, but it's basically the same thing except in Doom. Um, nice. And people like try to get the best times and stuff like that in the maps. Um, and apparently they have like servers with a bunch of records on them and stuff like that. People like they're just insanely good at it. But but yeah, I think um, because I guess Slaughter is kind of new. Um, correct me if I'm wrong compared to other. Um, genres of maps in Doom. So, I mean, if you're already, you know, used to a certain type, like, of game, st- game style, um, I think it really helps, you know, to not have that predisposition already coming in. So you can sort of go, oh, you know, I really like all this stuff, you know, and, and things like that. But, I mean, that that's just my opinion, I guess, about it. Yeah, I guess it is fairly new as a, as a school of level design. Um, it was limited to... I mean, it's always been full of, of eccentrics. Um, the genre um, before it existed, you know, it would be pinned on the likes of Hell Revealed or something, which is now not necessarily considered slaughter, at least to a couple of people. I'm not sure what Nine Inch Yields thinks about that. By the way, she was supposed to be here on this podcast. Uh, she has sent in a couple of um, answers to questions that we were going to pitch to our guests. Uh, and incidentally, on her origins of the game, if you're interested, um, this mirrors largely what we've been talking about. She says she came from a bullet hell shmup scene. Um, screens full of stuff where I'm likely to feel at home. Maps like the Pyramid of Death will go to it basically sucked me into slaughter as a consequence for the most part about two years ago. Before then, she barely played Doom at all. So, I mean, that answers my suspicions about you know, the background not, not necessarily having deep roots there. Um, interesting. Uh do you guys sympathize at all with, with I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too deeply into the sort of discussions uh, that we constantly seem to have on the forum because it's a, it's repeated. It's like a it's like a broken record at this point, um, the back and forth between those who support the genre yeah. and, and those who, you know, keep spitting out misconceptions. And Nine Inch Hills seems to be the only one who rises to the defense is spitting out all the old stuff, uh, the first line of defense there. But um, did you at, at one point, perhaps uh, sympathize with, with with some of the thinking, um, even as they are misconceptions about the genre? Uh, definitely. Um, if you actually, so I have a YouTube channel. I have an old video from 2013. Um, I used to be really big into like Brutal Doom and stuff, like right when I was getting back into the game. And there's actually a quote of me, like at the beginning of this video, um, saying slaughter maps are literally just maps with thousands of monsters in them and you do nothing but circle strafe. Beautiful. And then um, I was introduced to Sunder and I was like, maybe I was wrong the entire time. So yeah, I can definitely sympathize with these people um, that, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they think that, but I mean, it's sort of like without knowing much about the maps and the genre, um, it's easy to come to those conclusions based off of what you've heard. Um, I've never really felt that way but I, I definitely sympathize but i don't think i ever remember thinking wow these right. these slaughter maps are garbage <laughs> but like when people say you know oh it's tedious like i i get it right i, I mean i guess this was a question we were going to get to a little bit later but we can ask it now um so carving an avenue for new players prospective players who could could be interested in the genre how do they actually become because we have easy sets, quote-unquote, like Rush, Archie's Rush, for example. Um, 
or I haven't actually played Noctambulist by Demonologist, but I understand that's a sort of almost entry-level type sort of thing. Um, it's just very d- distinct styles of playing the game. And I, I want to tease apart the two notions of difficulty and the concept of slaughter. Um, is it possible to create something that is enticing, I guess, for new players who I'm not sure that they might actually like the genre? Um it still qualifies as slaughter, but it's perhaps no more difficult than than some of the more traditional stuff that they've been playing. Is that is that even possible? Um, I guess this will lead into what we actually mean by the word slaughter to begin with. But perhaps we can just tease apart those sort of difficulty and and the genre to begin with. Yeah, I think it's it's possible to make an easy slaughter map. I think what draws like Mister Zool and I to slaughter is difficulty though so it i think you right. can attract new players to slaughter with an easy map but i i think it's it's not quite slaughter at that point because i think slaughter is about challenge at least to me that's what i find interesting so you're attracted to the difficulty rather than necessarily the style and slaughter is something that uh just scratches that itch i suppose because it has such a monopoly on difficult maps I think the like easy slaughter is perhaps why people think it's tedious because you know you just have to you know rocket hell knights for ten minutes to get to the next area, um, and I don't mind doing stuff like that sometimes. I think that's kind of fun, especially if it fits like a theme that the map is going for. Um, but I think it's it's going to appeal to different people. Nine Inch Shields has this to say on the subject. Um, uh, the one thing I always thought distinguished players who can beat slaughter maps from those who cannot is a deeper, broader, and thus more flexible skill set. Slaughter can be really easy. Sets like Rush or New Gothic Movement 2 make that pretty clear, in my opinion, but the maps often demand a set of skills that is vastly different from the gameplay routines that you develop when you play iWords exclusively, for example. Um, it's subjective, and when you are lacking the tools, you may find maps impossible to beat and therefore deem them hard. So to get good, you have to have the goods. <laughs> or basically speaking, you need a mindset that allows you to adapt to a particular kind of problem. So I guess what she's saying there is that um, it's not just about sort of visceral, what's actually happening with reflexes. It's a, it's a thinking genre. Uh, and in fact, she says that exactly, Slaughter is a thinking man's game. Um, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, in a, in a bit of a way. Yeah, it's more, I would say it's problem solving a lot of the times where you have, you have these certain mechanics that, you know, Doom lays out and you have to sort of figure out, okay, here's a scenario I have. How can I, do I want to, you know, bait this cyber demon into start, you know, shooting rockets at these hell knights over here and get this infight going while I deal with something else in the room? Or, you know, can I just use the BFG properly and, you know, kill this group of monsters effectively um, quick enough so I can allow myself to access a power-up I might need? Um, so, yeah, I definitely can't agree with that. Um, that's one of the reasons why I got into it since I'm a software developer. I think solving problems is interesting. And um, that's basically what a lot of the new, at least the new school slaughter maps seem to be. Yeah, I, I I agree with the part where if you if you just don't understand that you know infighting is critical to get past a certain fight, then it's going to be kind of a brick wall for you. So in that regard, yeah, there there's there are certain skills I think that you need for it to not be terribly frustrating. 
And some people can power through that and, um, you know, endure the deaths to figure it out, which is, I think that's me. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm particularly good at Doom, but I enjoy that process of figuring stuff out. Right. But perhaps it's worth... And, and, yeah, go ahead, oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's like something that I see a lot on streams is um, really, really poor BFG usage, um, like circle strafing and using the BFG at the same time. So, oh, man. Um, and a lot of people think that the BFG ball is what does all the damage when it's actually, you know, the, the shotgun blast and tracers that appears from Doom Guy. That's my soul. You know, you know, deals all the damage. So it's sort of like, you know, just if you want to become better at slaughter maps, just learn how to use the BFG better. Like, that, and you, that'll take you a real long way. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, there are a few things better than a, I don't know what you'd call it, a plasma punch. Um, satisfying. There's the little technicalities like uh, Time of Death is obsessed with two shotting cyber demons, and it's like it's almost cathartic. I'm not sure what map in, involves just lining up cyber demons in like a sausage string layout of rooms, and then you're just expected to blast through a hundred of them and not get bored. Um, and apparently, he's. <laughs> probably not alone in, in thinking that's entertaining thing. I don't know if you've played that map. Oh yeah, it's uh, I think it's in Time of Maps. I'm not sure which map it is, but I mean um, contrast to that, like uh, Grain of Salt made that Doom World Megawad Project 2016 map. It's like map 35, I think, where it's 100 cyber demons. It's basically a reference to that Time of Death map you're talking about, except you punch them all instead of use BFG. Um, I what? used to sit and just play that map um, over and over and over again with BFG only. Um, and just two shot cyber demons all day when I felt like, you know, just, just playing doom. Um, and yeah, you can punch a hundred of them in a row if you want. I think I got to 22 before I finally just got worn out of punching cyber demons and killed myself. You got bored. That's, that's heathenous. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I would, I would constantly get requests on, on stream to do that. And I thought it was a joke, but it's actually. Is actually something that people enjoy. Okay, all right. Yeah, maybe I just need to get good. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, some of us, you know, that are like off in Pluto or something like that, the coldest area of the universe that want to, you know, actually do that. But I guess we do kind of exist. So I, I want to get a little bit more at the source of, not a miscommunication, of misconception um, about the genre a little bit. And you touched on something there with the easier sets, the entry level sets that people are often um, pointed towards. Uh, well, Rush would be a poor example because it is actually a fun set. Um, it's the perfect. That's why it's so constantly pointed towards is, uh, you know, it is it is accessible um, if you can grasp at least the basics of of you know the tool set that Nine Hit Shields was talking about. But um, about the term itself, um, is that actually potentially damaging uh, to? to outside understanding or is it does it not really matter to you or do you not see it as a problem that the term slaughter doesn't actually map onto what the contents or the hallmarks of the genre actually are when you're defining a set like that um because people hear slaughter and i think necessarily all it involves is just plowing through monsters tedium circle strafe as you said in 2013 um uh would it not be better to call us something like i don't know um combat puzzles or i guess that wouldn't distinguish it too much from something like swift death, swift death for example by by frankenfrag but um do you see a problem with the name of the genre uh yeah a little bit um it can be very it doesn't it's kind of misleading like just what you're saying so people each have their own idea of what slaughter is apparently so if you say that it's slaughter then all of a sudden everybody who sees that will have a different idea of what the map actually contains 
Um, for me, mostly I think of Slaughter as very, very large fights. Um, for a while, I have a list of wads on my stream where it's just, you know, I used to actually say this is what my definition of Slaughter is, which is the end of Sunder Map 7. With, you know, just a, a ton of monsters open up and they run all over the place. Um, and since then, it's evolved more to like some sort of arcadey definition where it's like if the map has a string of fights, you know, where you can die immediately at any one point in time, then that would be basically my definition of what Slaughter is nowadays. Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely bad that everybody has their own idea of what Slaughter is because you can never really get across what your map actually contains, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I think that's like most of the argument most of the time is that everyone has a different idea of what it is and they're they're basically arguing about different things at each other. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I find it interesting that uh, those enthusiasts within the genre don't necessarily agree on what the term is supposed to be neither yeah. because my, I, I was thinking before, you know, as long as those from within you know, within within niche interests still understand what is meant by the term, even if it to the outsiders it might seem strange because you're not necessarily going to bring in that many new players. Um, you know, they'll naturally gravitate toward the scene without being prompted because they have that background or whatever. So it doesn't really matter that the term's not accurate. Um, but there, there, there are still divisions uh, within. I know Nine Inch Shields is particularly obsessed with um, platforming, for example, um, and that's not necessarily going to pair up with the term slaughter. That's kind of beside the point. But incidentally, she does say that um, Sunlust is not wholly slaughter. I, I haven't actually got a proper quote from that. She didn't mention that as part of the response string, but that caught me by surprise. I thought I, I, I would I would guess if you ask if you put that question to the forum, just the general public, and and you say. Uh, Sunlust slaughter, yes or no? You get a ninety percent answer, yes, but that's apparently not the case. Is that more? I know what what what's the difference there? Do you think, you know, looking at it from the perspective of of nine inch shields, what 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 criteria is it not is it not meeting? I guess it would be just the like Zul was saying, the uh, large scale fights. The first half of Sunlust doesn't have a ton of those. I think there are definitely some slaughter fights early in Sunlust, but um, it's sort of like, how do you measure the entire wad, you know? Right, right. So it's more similar to something like Swift Death, and then it's, uh, it creates the illusion of being overwhelmed because you're in hyper-lethal situations most of the time. You're seeing a lot of red screen, but there's not necessarily that many monsters. It's in the, They're in just a very closed space, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, so something interesting, too, about Sunless that I've heard it being described as is just a hard wad. Um, and that's something that Archie says quite a bit, mainly about Rubik's stuff, like um, some of the whales too, is it's less of a slaughter map set and more of a hard wad. And uh, like Benjo was saying, a lot of the maps at the start, there's not really something that you would consider to be slaughter unless you think like, I, I, yeah, like even I, I'm sort of like going back and forth right now just thinking about it. But um, but yeah, like the the end of map 28 definitely has a huge slaughter fight as like a secret encounter. So they're definitely there. Um, but yeah, I would say it's like a hard slash slaughter wad, definitely. Right. Is there a is there, is there a cutting edge, uh, a sort of means of design, designing for slaughter at the forefront of the genre at the moment um, that everyone's following? And who would actually be carrying that mantle at the moment if it's not Rubik's necessarily because he's just focused on 
uh, hard words as opposed to slaughter stuff, then then who's actually directing the genre at the moment, or is it not big enough to be directed like that? Uh, I don't think there is really much direction. I know Benjo, um, you can talk about Slaughter Max. That's um, you. Yeah, created. please do. Yeah, um, Slaughter Max. I don't. It's hard to say who's directing. Um, first of all, um, in some ways, I think it's kind of still Ribix and Insane Gazebo. <laughs> like, I don't think we've really moved past uh, yeah, very the large, far. The largest influences are not necessarily. Uh, coming about by people who design stuff for slaughter <laughs> is the biggest influence on the, on the slaughter genre. Yeah, yeah, and then Slaughter Max. It's it was designed to be for newcomers to the genre um, and veterans. It's just it was sort of meant to be um, an infomercial for slaughter. Almost <laughs> like I just wanted um, people to see that um, you don't have to be great at Doom to make a slaughter map or to have fun playing a slaughter map. And I was hoping that people would, um, who are new to the genre, would make a map and then test it, and just um, maybe that would be more fun for them than you know picking up the the popular slaughter water of the moment and trying to power through it. Because I think for me, um, testing my own stuff is a lot less frustrating than trying to get through something that I can't figure out. Right. How successful do you think you were in that area? Um, I think Spectre. Uh, Spectre 1, I'm not, not sure if he previously released anything. I think I saw something by him on Ed Games a little before Yeah, that. he did uh, Quantum Strike. Right, that's right. I think that, that's the only thing I can think of. There might be something else there. Uh, there's a couple of other maps. I know he's made for Doom World Megawatt uh, Projects 2016. I know he made one, and also I think for last year's too. But yeah, yeah. he makes huge, really hard maps. Like, insanely hard. That's interesting, because I think um, back when he was known as Riley Martin, uh, his principal interests were perhaps it's still the case that he, he prefers something like Hellbound. I don't know, which to me is is drudgery in mapping form. Um, but, <laughs> but it's it's you know it, it is as polar opposite as you can get. So it's possible to hold those two interests. I think. Um, yeah, he also really likes Urania, which is um, oh god. I think he's one of the only. <laughs> I liked Map One. Map One was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I played like the first four maps of Urania, and I thought they were cool. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, like map one was cool for like, it had this one area where you get a berserk pack, um, and then you only have a little bit of time to react before all these pinkies sort of overwhelm you, and I think there's some hell knights in there too. So, I mean, I appreciated that part, um, but I I saw, I don't remember who was streaming it, the entire wad, every difficulty. It was kind um, clever. Captain Clever, there we go. And and some of the maps looked incredibly long and maps that I wouldn't particularly enjoy. But I mean, map one, it seemed to be like no, short and concise, so I had fun with it. Right, right. I mean, hmm, I'm just thinking because so much of, the, of what I pin on that map set and dislike may be overlooked by someone who has just a more intrinsic interest in, in looking for difficult scenarios and finding fun in those moments and then potentially just ignoring everything else. Um, so perhaps perhaps that's the, some people's thinking with regard to, to that map, sort of map sets like it, because it is incredibly difficult, but so much of that is made source from things like navigation difficulty, um, the, the whole progression being incredibly arcane, uh, 
lots of some nested hit scan monsters in behind mid Texas that you can't see properly. And, um, it's difficulty of a certain kind, but if, if you have these one or two encounters that are particularly fun, maybe you can just single in on those and, and not really worry about the rest. And I guess this is kind of skipping ahead to how do you actually adjudicate, um, new material? Do you think about it the same terms that more traditional level designers or playtesters might, which is that you're thinking about things like pacing or mood or visuals, how it looks, or does it really not matter all that much as long as it is fun uh, and difficult and whether the select encounters are like that? Uh, pacing, a lot of that stuff really revolves around a certain idea for a map. So I'm going to say that for me anyway, pacing and really, really plays a huge role in a map. Like um, I'll decide that I want to make a map which is balls to the walls 100% of the time. So like in map one of my wad dimensions, um, it's basically that. Um, if you play that map in ultraviolence, it will probably kill you before, like right out of the gates. Um, and it never stops. And it's up to the player to decide how fast the player wants to beat the map. And then the next map is completely different. Um, and it plays different as well. Like and it's more um, encounter-based, um, very heavy infinite emphasis on platforming as well. Um, and a lot of that comes down to the pacing of the map, which is, you know, I want it to be a little bit slower had the player taken the atmosphere a little bit more than they normally would, you know, on the first map. Um, and difficulty is interesting because um, a slaughter map doesn't need to be hard to be good. And um, I think that, I think it was Dew that came up with this graph where it was like, you know, slaughter hard and then, you know, some other things down in the lower left. Oh yeah, damn. Um, was... But yeah, it's it's very, very, it's that's that's very accurate. If it's slaughter, it doesn't ha doesn't mean it's hard. Um, slaughter and difficulty are two very very different things. Um, I think you were playing Fimmel's wad, Fimmel speed, and um, that is oh, definitely you, a good. You pronounce it like great, that? Uh, yeah, I call it. I call, I've always called him Fimmel. Oh God, so, I always, uh, always look at that name and I I I sort of <laughs> turn it into an initialism in my mind, and I read it as pissed himself laughing. Uh, so we have different, <laughs> we have different approaches to that. <laughs> yeah, like. Well, there's a good maps. example because yeah. I was, I, that's a speed set, right? Um, and um, it's... I don't know too much about Fimmel's speed because I've never really played it. Um, Fimmel's maps, he, so I've been told that a hallmark of his design, or her, I'm sorry, is that you should be able to approach every single part of that map in a different way. Um, and if you look at, there's a map that Fimmel made in Slaughterfest uh, 3 now. Um, if whenever that is released, that's a whole completely different discussion where you can decide where what keys you want to get in what order, how to kill any monster in the field. Um, like you could get all the keys as soon as possible, grab the BFG and wipe the entire map out, or you could play it real slow. And I think um, a lot of that stuff really shows itself in Fimmel Speed from what I've heard. So, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. true in my experience as well. I've, you can finagle a lot of nuance out of. Uh, out of a set like that, even though it was, you know, I, have, I haven't actually checked the, the text file um, recently, so I'm not sure, you know, whether many of those maps are made inside of three or four hours or less or more or whatever, but um, maybe speed refers, refers to something else. Uh, but uh, if that were not so difficult a set, and I know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm making an error then in using the two terms interchangeably, but... Um, I say that precisely because I spend so long on the maps, constantly dying and repeatedly playing them and learning out more about them. 
But if it was a more, if it was something that you could comfortably get through in one sitting, then I would feel more likely to remark on things like how it looks or how it's grabbing my attention in other ways. As soon as I start needing to constantly repeat the same process and use my brain to figure out how to get through a scenario, those things just don't matter to me as much. And I, I'll give you an, another example as well. I can't remember who, I can't pronounce his name because it's, it's very long and oh, something carbolic acids um, made uh, the blast furnace recently, uh, which struck me as it was very entertaining. Uh, heavily Sunder inspired, which is no big surprise. But when I got to the end of it and I looked back and I, and I just thought most of the ways that I would usually adjudicate a map don't ap apply here. At least I feel like they should, but no one else seems to be making these kind of comments. Like the, the first fight to me was almost, was just as difficult as any other fight in the sense, say for like a couple in the middle, the thing at the end wasn't too difficult. You know, they're all as, as bloody as each other. Um, pacing didn't seem to be, uh, you know, paid that much attention to. It was just all about how it looked because slaughter maps have to be necessarily large to accommodate all those monsters and about how fun each of the individual encounters were and, and, and everything else just kind of went out the window. So it, I, I've gotten a piece in playing uh, Fimmel Speed uh, and then and following that up with the Blast Furnace. Uh, I, I've had the experience of not really minding so much that I don't care about those particular uh, aspects of, of the map so much. And it's, it is just all about those select encounters. So, I mean, do you, do you, do you look at things similarly like that? Um, I didn't actually read the individual responses to the Blast Furnace, but... Uh, but they certainly weren't about pacing or how it looks or whatever. It's just fun. Is this fun to play? Yeah, I haven't played that one, but um, I I do notice that a lot of slaughter maps tend to be sort of a collection of fights, and so their pacing isn't doesn't seem to be much of a consideration. There, you have to obviously you know introduce weapons at a certain rate. But sometimes you might get all the weapons immediately or, you know, the first fight you'll do without a BFG, but then you'll get a BFG. And so it's sort of like, here, here's some fights that focus on the rocket launcher, and then here's some fights that focus on the plasma rifle or the BFG. Um, but I think certainly um, it's, it's, not it's not a necessary feature of the genre for it to be that way. I think there is some really interesting pacing that can happen in a slaughter map. Do you feel like it... Does it need to be that way um, because it's not something that people care about or is it because something they wouldn't ne necessarily care about because of the focus on difficulty? Um, um, in the same way that I responded to, to Fimble Speed, I, I found myself caring less about those qualities and just more focus, focusing on the encounters. Do you, would you actually prefer to see more focus on those areas? Um, because maybe with like a Rubik set, even though it's not always strictly slaughter, it looks beautiful. Okay, that's... That's always been, I guess, a staple of the genre. It it looks artistically pretty, um, but would you like to see a sort of evolution in other areas of design so that you can introduce things like narrative, or can you just not see that playing a role at all in the genre? And it's always going to be, by necessity, a focus on each individual encounter being fun. So I guess it's a growth question. Yeah, I sort of see that. That's sort of why I think Rubik's is still sort of leading the genre because, um, well, and I guess Danny Bubinga. Shout out to Danny Bubinga. <laughs> um, <laughs> Been neglected there. Sorry. <laughs> but like yeah. the, Rubik's made the sawdust, God. right? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Rubik's certainly made crumpets. I'm like, well, very tasty. 
But uh, like the God Machine comes to my mind as something that has uh, amazing atmosphere and pacing, and it's sort of a strange pacing, uh, maybe not the way you'd think about it in traditional Doom map, but um, the, the sequences where you're not fighting anything and you're just sort of trying to find the next thing to do, um, stuff like that is kind of, I don't think anyone's really done it as well as Rivix and Danny Babinga have done it. Um, and so, yeah, I would like to see more people doing stuff like that. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, here's a fight. Okay, you hit a switch, move on to the next fight. Here's the next fight. Um, yeah. Right. But I, I, I guess as long as there aren't too many people w- um, within the genre really pushing the envelope, and certainly are a lot of people doing that, but it, it seems like you need to reach a critical mass of people repeatedly making content for things to evolve in that way rather than waiting for someone to really grab it by the it's still a very new genre i guess um so i guess that's why i pose that question is because you know do we see a lot of potential for growth there yeah definitely and like like you said you know the you know it may not be as important in a slaughter map because there's something else that's occupying you but I think to have a fully well-rounded map, uh, stuff like that should definitely be considered. You two guys were having a discussion on Sweet Peas stream, um, which I a bit of a guilty pleasure. I, I sorry, so, <laughs> I I have to bring it up because it was kind of interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I, guilty as charged. I'm one of those who I, I've actually publicly gone out and said that I think he should be you know, um, not uh, obsessing so much about beating quote-unquote sets and, and just, just enjoying what he does without, you know, feeling the need to, to play Slaughter stuff. But there he was playing Obsidian Nightmare and having having a grand old time, uh, loads of fun. Hmm. When uh, the discussion of, I think, I think Banjo mentioned uh, illegitimate yeah. difficulty and, and Mr. Zool, you were like, What's, what, does that, what does that mean? Uh, so I was, can, I was can you guys just joking. <laughs> There was this. There was this guy, Benjo. Did you mention? I remember um, Lucky Eddie was. I remember like that was the first time I saw it. And someone, someone said illegitimate difficulty. No, I think I had never it. seen that before. Oh, did you? Okay, well I you're think to blame. I started it with a joke because um, John, John said something about. Um, I think he was saying that map six of Sunder Grinder was you know legitimately difficult. And then the implication was that the one that he was currently <laughs> on, Obsidian Nightmare, was... Uh, he didn't say illegitimately difficult. He just said it was, like, bullshit or something like that. And so I just said shout-outs to illegitimate difficulty because it I, sounds like something I would enjoy because I, I, I was sort of laughing at the idea that there's, like, this officially sanctioned rule book of how to make something difficult. And uh, so I just made a joke, and then it turned into this discussion that that's not necessarily what I wanted. <laughs> I take a little bit of blame because I was curious what because someone else had said it and I was like, well, what do you mean? What does illegitimate mean? Because I was just a little bit curious because there is a term online. There's a website. Yeah, yeah. You, you um, rolled out all the fake difficulty, all the wedlock stuff. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. Someone brought. Yeah, it. there is something called fake difficulty, and that's more like um, because of poor mechanics, it makes the game more difficult, sort of deal. Um, and in a way, someone could, I guess people would say that about platforming in Doom because everybody's always like, 
Doom guy slides around on ice and it makes platforming absolutely horrible and no one should put that in their maps and stuff like that. I hear that a lot. But um, but yeah, illegitimate difficulties was just something like, what do you mean when you say illegitimate? And it turns out that it's just another set of ideas that you define for yourself. Like, so you would say, here's legit difficulty and then anything opposite of that would be illegitimate. And that would be something that you define was what I ended up deciding. Yeah, no, that just turned into a semantic game for shits and giggles. That wasn't actually. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the artificial difficulty thing, I feel like you can, basically it's up to whoever is bringing it up to draw the line somewhere and and they just challenge people to say, define me, you know? I don't think it's a very interesting discussion because, you know, any, like, even if it's really not fun, I don't think it's artificially difficult. It's just, it's a different kind of difficult than maybe you're looking for. Right. I mean, because at, at its base, you know, slaughter stuff is still pandering to not pandering. It's, it's still employing the same mechanics that make more traditional stuff fun as well. You know, movement is defense and what have you. So it's, it's playing by the same rule book in that capacity, even though there's the additional thinking element required and a lot, lot more running around. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think of something like um, super Mario world ROM hacks, like the Kaizo levels. Um, if you do something like that in Doom, people would definitely call it dickish and bullshit. But that's it's a it's kind of a thriving scene in Super Mario World, and there's no way to know like what's going to kill you. You just have to get there and do it over and over again because there's you know save points are maybe not in the map, and so you just have to get those damn invisible blocks. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> blocks there's no way you can know that they're there until they kill you and so it becomes about remembering and repeating and no no one in that scene would call that bullshit because that's just how it is right yeah you expect to die and you actually embrace death because it's 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 part of you know planting the shovel on the dirt to build a damn tunnel so you know how to get through the encounter it's just that the shovel is your head or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah repeatedly dying in order to to discover a route um which which makes me think really that um you know, slaughter stuff isn't necessarily, uh, it, it's built around that, but it's not like that isn't also a part of, of more traditional map sets as well. You know, um, the quote unquote dick traps, uh, that, yeah, actually that is, is something that would attribute more to the more classic style. Actually, when you're, you're sort of, um, you're low on health and ammo and you're sprung on a trap that you couldn't really deal with unless you, you know, knew about some secret or <laughs> you went the other way to get a better weapon first. Um, yeah, talk about trial, trial, trial and error aspect um, is definitely there in classic right. play as well. Yeah, it could yep. potentially worse as well. You could get yourself into an unwinnable situation. You know, if the designer's going for something in the name of, you know, like attrition with health and ammo for the sake of you know, suspense or whatever, and then you save yourself into a bad situation, or maybe it's some kind of Ultimate Doom E4-esque map, where it's, you know, if you don't get a, a good start, then you're set up for a terrible time. Whereas in Slaughter stuff, it's like, much of the time, at least the current meta, quote-unquote, if it exists, um, would be, you know, you get given a Megasphere at the start, and that's where you save the game, if you're practicing something. Uh, then you either die or you go back, and, and you're fresh with 200, 200, you can go again, rather than, you know, revive yourself back to a state where you're bleeding pints and you're just going to get nicked by a bullet repeatedly and die over and over exclaiming dick trap dick yeah. trap yeah that's true it does have some more natural breakpoints that makes that kind of gameplay a bit more palatable i think 
Yeah, being able to see, like, because you always know when an encounter is about to come up. Um, so it sort of, you know, breaks it up like Ben just like you were saying and Benjo was saying about, you know, separating them out um, because that sort of gets away from that whole, you know, spring trap up behind player and kill them outright, um, which I don't I don't really have too much of an opinion on that. Um, I think it's pretty good, like level design. Like I like Romero's stuff. I like closets opening up around me, and, you know, and I have to react to them, you know, otherwise I die. Um, depending on how long the map is, that's fine with me. Um, if the map is short, it's cool. If the map is incredibly long and I play without saves a lot of the time, then it can get pretty tedious. Yeah, that's, that's something that bothers me a lot. Like if I die in a slaughter map, I'm usually saving, you know, after every fight. But if it's a, you know, more classic map and I get deep into it and I die without saving or remembering to save, and then I think, do I really want to do all that again? Right. <laughs> the, answer, right. the answer is usually no. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, that's just something because there's a lot of uh, combat which aren't really set pieces in um, more classic maps. I would say, like I find myself killing um, one or two revs, for example, um, over again, over and over again, a lot, um, or the dreaded small Keiko swarm in my stream. Um, I say many <laughs> times that Keiko swarms are like they. I really wish that they would go away um, a lot of the times because for me, that's just um, a lot of the time. Um, I ended up wasting, in my opinion, um, killing Keiko Demons. So, and that's the kind of stuff that kind of, um, when these uh, dick traps, um, as we've said, sort of pop up, that's what sort of shies me away from them and longer, more classic maps. And like Ninja was saying, you know, do I really want to do all that again? Um, because, I mean, I don't really want to, I passed the Revenant test already. Um, I've proven I can kill a couple revs. I don't need to be able, I don't need to be doing right, that again. Right, right. Um, yeah. so. And like classic maps, a lot of the appeal is in exploring, seeing what's coming up and um, yeah, just sort of exploring the environment. And once you've done that, it's not terribly interesting to do that again. Whereas in a slaughter map, if the, the, main, the main event is surviving a fight you know, with solid strategies, um, it's more fun to repeat that, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very interesting. It's not something like well, I have I've thought about the the saving conundrum a lot as someone who who doesn't play a lot of slaughter material. But once once I did start playing that more, uh, there's there's a model that you can slip into and you can feel comfortable about about saving it, especially when you're just practicing something. So I would get into the um, I'd get into the habit of of on my first playthrough uh, repeatedly loading from a fight, even if I beat it, just, just practicing the yeah. part so that I can ultimately go back and, and try the thing from pistol start in one sitting. And that's a model that is so easy to fit into. And it removes that, that question. It doesn't become a problem anymore. Whereas as you're saying, you know, do I really want to play through 20 minutes of the easy stuff in order to potentially die again at the, you know, the 20 minute mark <laughs> to something that's yeah. repeatedly killing me. So, um, and that I, that sort of ties into what you were saying about like, do we care about you know visuals and stuff like that? Mm. Um, because a lot of times when I play more classic maps, um, I don't. I'm always looking for gameplay first, then visuals, and that sort of yeah just kind of translate over into slaughter maps as well, where it's like it doesn't. The map can look amazing. Um, slaughter. Uh, I'll say Sunder Map Nine, for example. But play absolutely horrific. Which one's that? And that so, even though the map is that's the cage, the one with all the stairs uh -huh. and 
teletraps and you can pass fist the entire thing, um, which is really not one of the, uh, the high points in Sunder, in my opinion. But, um, but yeah, just because the map is really cool looking, um, and even if it's slaughter, I'll still say it's crap. I mean, um, it, the gameplay really needs to be there first and foremost, um, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, I thought it tied in a little bit to what you're saying. <laughs> No, it's fine. And just as an aside, even though this is going back uh, a little bit now, when you really do need to find a euphemism for dick traps um, so that we can avoid the <laughs> phrase dick, track, dick traps popping up. Um, oh, no, they're cool, man. I think that they're oh, yeah? cool a lot of times, as long as the map isn't, like, stupid long. Like, what is it? There's a Back to Saranex map where it ends... It's a quite a long map. I recently Iron Maned it because Dime asked me to. Uh, he was like, "Hey, you should Iron Man some." <laughs> I think you know, it was the last not map. slaughter watch. It was the last. Map. It, uh, no, 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 I died on the very last fight, of the last map. Yeah, but it was a different. Oh, map. Okay. Um, it was uh, so it it's a quite a long map, and then it ends in this room. This can be very specific, by <laughs> the way, where it's sort of a square room. Um, you end up going up in a long sort of rafters around this sort of center structure in the middle of the room. And the exit is in the center structure. Um, and you kill a whole bunch of like revs. I think there's some kick demons and some arch files that you have to deal with up around this final exit sort of structure. And then finally you're able, there's a lift that takes you up into the uh, exit structure after you press a switch, like in the, the rafters around the center structure and you get up there and there's a fake exit, if I remember correctly, where it pops a revenant and like a chain gunner right next no. to you um, in a last attempt to kill you after playing a super long map. And that rubbed me the wrong way in so many ways because it almost killed me. And I was like, man, I just played this whole, like this huge map. The map was actually pretty fun, if I remember correctly, like the rest of it. Um, but yeah, man, that one dick trap right at the end was like, oh my god, you know. But, yeah, because it, it almost but, feels I mean, like you're getting, uh, you're getting tricked. Um, you've been led by the nose to, to to think that it's a sort of map that plays in one specific way, uh, and that you're supposed to soak it up and enjoy it. I'll, I'll give an example. Um, uh, and it links in with back to the next, incidentally, because SL40 M she's um, a big fan of Espy's work. Uh, who made suspended in dusk, for example, which I think plays quite poorly. It's 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 balanced well enough, and it's interestingly paced. But it's it's definitely a more of a narrative set, um, and that's not that's the sort of set where you don't want to. I'm not sure if you guys have, have played that at any point, but uh, I think it was released in 2005. No, no. Um, but you don't want to die there. Because you, you want to be threatened in order to, you know, feel the tension and enjoy the atmosphere more. But dying is actually an inconvenience because, you know, it, it almost takes you out of the zone. You have to reload, go back. And the more you do that, uh, the, the more it takes you out and, and paints a, a less good image of the set. So, so it was something like Back to X, which is not quite crafted in the same mold because it is more difficult and there are there is a lot more focus on... Um, Oh yeah, there are some tough yeah. traps in BTSX. It, it can get sure. hard, but, but but if it's if you're really just enjoying the the other aspects of a level, like the atmosphere getting sucked into that, and then you get to the end of it after 20 minutes, and then you repeatedly end up carking it. Finally, flip the exit switch. It's like, yeah, I was I kind of preferred it to keep being what it was before rather than getting distracted by the sort of difficulty of that. And that, and that, of course, that's not something you ever need to worry about when you're when you're playing through slaughter material um, because you know. Uh, you know how it was written. You know what the script is from the word go and what your focus is going oh, to be. 
So, I mean, have you played Death Destiny maps at all, Alfonso? Uh, a couple times. Um, so, Disturbia okay, maps yeah, but like, um, no chance on UV is basically you have no idea what's happening. Like, you might know that something is about to happen, but you will die immediately. And basically, a map is exactly like that. So, if you play the map with that foreknowledge, um, you're dead all the time. So, I would say this is almost an issue in both slaughter and you know, it's not really an issue. It's just um, it's more of a preference, I would say. Um, but yeah, it definitely appears both in Slaughter and uh, more classic stuff. I don't know, Benjo. Like, that's not a particularly long map, though, like is it? No chance. Uh, it's the max. I actually have it ratted for a max of uh, about twenty nine minutes. Oh, was that long? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's a quite lengthy map. Yeah, and the and the fights are mostly small, so you have to deal with um, some really dickish placements. Like previously, there'd be Mancubi, and now all of a sudden, there's Cyber Demons. Um, on uv so it becomes um quite a uh, insta-death map basically at all times um but and it's incredibly long so this is a topic that i'd really like to revisit after i've got another sort of year of playing this under my belt um and maybe i become a little bit more disillusioned with my preferred mode of playing and and uh i mean currently it's my preferred mode but i'm i'm worried about the this is how much fun i'm having you know getting in the habit of practicing and then attempting things um from pistol start yeah so if, if we could provide somehow that that angle that thrill to to new players in in some easy capacity um then i i think that's the the bridge that we can you know build that they can walk over to 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 become more appreciative of this style of play do you think that's really possible though i mean just looping back to what we were talking about at the very start when you introducing it um, talking about your origins coming into the genre and the like, uh, do you feel that people can be taught to like this sort of stuff necessarily if they already have that fascination with the game, or is it is it more that it, it is always just going to be a niche sort of genre and it can't really grow to the extent that it becomes sort of on equal footing with with I know Nine Inch Hills. Actually, I'll probably quote quote her here because uh, in her response to. Do Doom's core mechanics still allow you to have fun with more traditional sets of levels? Um, slaughter maps and its close of, closest relative challenge maps, interesting, uh, represent the pinnacle of the pinnacle of Doom core mechanics. Hmm. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's going to be hard-pressed to find maps in which the core mechanics play as large of a role. Iward gameplay has become largely uninteresting for me, with the exception uh, of a few maps that I really enjoyed to this day, like the Chasm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was well. The chasm is the best map of Doom Two. Talking about getting a rise out of of the listeners, yeah. No, that's uh, incidentally, I do love the chasm. It's like my third favorite behind the Living End or um, Circle of Death or something. Um, I think Kiel's, Zool, and I are about one half of the people that really love platforming in the team community. Probably, yeah. So yeah, that was only. I realize now it's only tangentially related to the question I was originally asking, as <laughs> the, the the potential of growth and how, uh, and how many people do, realistically do you think you can get on board, and is this always going to be niche? But it is kind of related because if it is, in fact, as Hill says, the peak, the end game of of Doom design, at least for her, uh, could it be for a number of other people that have just yet to discover it? What do you think? I think so. I think it has a lot of room for growth. I think, especially with things like Twitch and YouTube, I think Slaughter has a particular appeal as a spectator sport. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. 
that's sort of what got me into it actually because I, I said you know i was watching mega blast and zool play sunder and i was like damn i really want to make a map that would look cool for someone like mr zool the uv max because i just i loved watching it and it's it's really impressive to me and i think um you know those potentially can reach a lot of people like i see i hang out on twitch a lot and you see new people coming into streams and asking questions and um and a lot of times they're like mega blast streamed world orifus a map of mine um and it was <laughs> it's not it wasn't very well received i don't think <laughs> i don't think anyone liked it uh but um when mega blast was playing it i found the chat interaction was very interesting and it seemed like people enjoyed watching it because it was ridiculous and i think uh i think that's fun i think that's great and i think that's that a really good point yeah reach a lot of people yeah so uh my personal experience like again I, i'm still working my, myself into this space especially as a streamer um but it just occurred to me you know the, the slaughter material it's it's a lot easier to work with as as a streamer rather than sitting through more traditional something and then trying to find and I can find a lot of enjoyment out of critiquing something in a more traditional space, but oh, as an entertainer, it's 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 just so much easier to die repeatedly and and make a fool of yourself and um, and big up the challenge in front of you. And again, that could just it's just a question of difficulty. I would happily play through, you know, smaller sets that aren't necessarily. Uh, slaughter, so just challenge maps, as as Nine Inch Shields points out. But um, Mr. Zul, you're a pretty big, um, uh, I guess, in the Doom scene, relatively speaking, uh, a, a pretty big in this in this space. Is that your experience as well? It's just it's a lot more entertaining intrinsically um, to do this sort of stuff versus more traditional lane. I think so, uh, but so I'm kind of weird in that I don't. I just sort of play whatever I want, so I often make jokes like. You know, everybody else plays these on a dare, and I'm just here to sort of play maps I like. Hmm. Um, I'm weird in that I was, you know, the the super nerd that would basically practice playing Doom forever, and then go online and and I beat Sunless Saveless on UV last year, and then I beat Slaughterfest 2012 Saveless on UV last year, and didn't really bat an eye or anything. Um, I don't really have the uh, the reactions to a lot of stuff that I guess other streamers do or something like that, where they die repeatedly trying to figure something out. Um, I don't really have that problem, I guess. I don't want to sound, you know, like a pompous prick or something like that and say, you know, I'm just really good at the game or anything like that. But I mean, that's honestly what it comes down to because like some people will take multiple streams to beat Star Day 2086 and I beat it in like a couple hours. So, I mean, um, for me, it's, it's more, I don't really know like if it, if it's entertaining or not for other people or to have discussions like based off of, you know, which maps I think are good or bad or something like that. Like it's mainly for me, it almost hurts my stream, I think, because um, I don't really have, you know, it's kind of boring, I guess, to watch me play maps, you know, that I just sort of beat without, you know, thinking twice about it. So, but yeah, I don't really have a, I guess a good answer for that just because I'm really weird about that sort of Damn. stuff. <laughs> Letting me down. Yeah. I was having to yeah, I mean, I um, streaming speed runs is interesting. Um, because you don't really see the maps played like that. Like, um, I was streaming my runs of Slaughterfest 2012 map 30. Um, and it was a completely different route, I guess, than you would ever take playing that map, which was getting the pink BFG as soon as possible and then returning to the rest of the map later. Um, 
so I think I'm um, getting into those tight situations, you know, where it's like I could die and I wasted, you know, 40 minutes, you know, trying to get to a certain part. Maybe that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm sort of an outlier sort of in that regard because um, I've been playing these hard maps without saves, just trying to get really good at them compared to other people that just play them, you know, and die a whole bunch. And then um, everybody has a good time where I'm not like that. I like, I like to beat the maps and I like to beat the maps well. And if I don't beat the maps well, then um, my, I kind of suffer a little bit because I'm starting to think, well, how, what can I do differently here? And all of a sudden I'm no longer streaming. I'm trying to be better at what I'm trying to beat rather than interacting with chat. Right. I guess it's it's been a very long time actually since we've uh, the word the, or the phrase "doom god" has been bandied around. I mean, when the seed when the speedrunning scene was at its height, um, I probably would need to get someone like Dylan here again to correct me before I start saying silly stuff. But um, there's space for a more competitive, a different competitive um, fork, I guess, when you're talking about slaughter material. So even if Mister Zool, you're not playing into that market so much, and you're just doing what you want to do, which I think is great. Um, Again, if we're talking about the longevity of the genre and where it could potentially build into, then that space is only going to grow bigger, right? More people are going to gravitate towards streaming that material, and and you would think it it would build around that space a little bit, um, with people with mentality like like that of Stevie trying to kill the player, <laughs> and uh, and and throw their maps onto stream and and hopefully get a kick out of watching other people die to their maps, which I think is that's that's what it's all about, really, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I've gotten some interesting reactions um, in my stream from people who are just coming in. Like um, some people, um, I think one of them is Materializations, has straight up told me that the reason I got back into playing Doom is because of your stream. Um, And this has happened multiple times. So I'm not sure if it's just, you know, the dying and being entertained by it on Twitch or maybe just, you know, an advertisement of, you know, this is how these other maps, you know, play and... I don't know if you might enjoy their gameplay or not, but, you know, it, it seems like um, it isn't just the entertainment of people dying repeatedly that gets them into it. Um, I think that might make them like the stream they're watching more um, rather than getting into Slaughter, personally. Because I, I personally wouldn't want to play something where someone's dying. Well, okay, I'm weird. I would. <laughs> but um, some people I know have told me that um, they if they see someone dying multiple times, um, they don't really want to spend their time doing the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Because when I see people dying a lot, it makes me want to try it out. <laughs> Got to flush them down the toilet, Benji. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what are you guys working on at the moment? Uh, just to close out here, um, in the wake of Slaughter Max, Benji, have you been planning um, another quote-unquote community project, or is there a, a, something personal in the works? Uh, I have a couple of follow-ups to Slaughtermax planned, but I don't think I'm going to do them this year just because there's other stuff I want to finish, um, one of which is a set of large Sunder-inspired maps with Bemused and maybe some guest mappers, no pressure. Um, but Bemused has finished all of his mapping, and I still need to make about three more maps, <laughs> two and a half more maps maybe. So um, I'm going to try to focus on that and then maybe Slaughtermax 2 next year. And when you say Sunder inspired, um, you mean specifically with regards to the way it looks or the way it plays? Uh, yeah, both actually. Uh, we're trying to, I mean, it, we're, it, it, it's gotten a little bit more loose over time, but um, Sunder, 
the speed runs are recorded in CL9, but it's not really a boom wad. Like there isn't, there aren't boom features that are being used. Um, so we're trying to stay true to that, but we are using some boom features, just like generalized actions and um, some fake floors, just to you know quality of life stuff. Yeah. And you know sometimes you need to have a window that monsters can't see through. Thunder <laughs> uh, didn't have those, but we really like those. So um, yeah, we're trying to keep it subtle though. That's awesome. Uh, and incidentally, I apologize for not uh, um, not finishing the map that I was uh, I was planning to make for Slaughter Max. I was actually really eager to do it, but then I, I sat down. And I was I, looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe at one point. I think Nine and Chills is trying to get me to to get Alfonso speed going. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, she's going to be getting on my case about that. Um, but also but, um, my, uh, my uh, vine, I guess I'm calling it the vine sauce mapping contest. The, uh, the jewel, the jewel contest, my map for that is just waiting for him to stream before I release oh, it. Wow. And I'm, I'm really happy with it. And particularly hurt me plenty is designed for Joel to have a good time. And Joel is not, a slaughter map enthusiast, but it is a slaughter map, so I'm really interested to see how Joel feels about it and how everyone else feels about Hurt Me Plenty in particular. <laughs> and Ultraviolence is um, suitably rude. I haven't maxed it yet. I've been, I try occasionally to max it, and I've gotten to the last fight, you know, many times, but I haven't finished it yet. I had no idea he was still still trudging through those maps. Wow. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's oh. going to take him a while. I, I watch every time. I'm hoping he streams mine just so I can release my map already. <laughs> definitely a sense of, you know, him thinking, holy shit, I didn't realize this was such a popular, <laughs> popular endeavor. You know, that doom had this, this sort of um, breach to be. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he decided to do the sequel because he seemed worn out after the first one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this one's even bigger. So, <laughs> Just on the Slaughter Max um, attempt at mapping, um, this could be an insight to anyone who's attempt. Um, see, when I normally design a map, I failed completely, by the way. I think I did one, I did part one of a stream and I got halfway to designing one encounter that I would decide ultimately would just be basically the entirety of the map. Um, but the way I normally do stuff is that I would, I, I go into a kind of autopilot. I'm very satisfied with, um, very comfortable in the way that I design spaces that translate comfortably into you know, into monster placements so that I can think about that last because um, environments just allow for that naturally. But I kind of have to think in reverse when it comes to designing for slaughter. I have to think about the encounter foremostly and then and then shape everything around that. And that's not the way I typically think about stuff. And that's why I fell flat on my face. So uh, I'm going to have to build from the ground up a new understanding of how to design levels. For that, so perhaps an entirely different discussion could be had um, on the podcast later on. Um, you'd be willing to come back once I've, you know, banged my head against the wall a little bit more there. Yeah, for sure. Cool. What about you, Mister Zoll? Uh, anything you're working on as Killer Five? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. I have, I like I said, I'm playing on maxing no chance sometime this year. Um, I just need to practice that route a little bit more. Um, after that, for speed running, I'm kind of finished. I think um, I've done what I want to do there, and I do. I'm starting to map a lot more. So currently, I have a wad that I'm making, which will probably be called Knuckle Sandwich, which is the working title. It's gonna be some short Tyson sort of wads. I'm sorry. No Tyson. I'm not gonna be expected to to get the knuckle duster out and. No, no. <laughs> Damn it! No more punching. But, um, 
Um, no, probably not punching cyberdemons. Um, but the main thing about mm. the wad is that UV will be strictly based off of no monsters. So something that I find a lot when I start routing maps and I practice them, um, I use Nomo a lot, uh, no monsters to run around the maps and get my lines correct. Um, and just sort of memorize what I'm going to be doing at what point. And I find that I hit a lot of these lifts and or timers a whole lot in these cool maps, which I think have a lot of um, interesting ideas with regards to no monsters, such as, you know, like skinny um, ledges and stuff like that. You have to run along and then all of a sudden I have to wait, you know, a minute for a, you know, a fight to end when there's no monsters. And that's like really boring. Um, and so something I'm doing is ultraviolence will be like a movement difficulty or something where all the timers are removed. Um, to make it interesting, though, I leave monsters in certain areas. So like you still see some stuff, you know, it's not just you running around an empty map. Um, and sometimes like even though there might be a slaughter map, there's a path I've cut through all the monsters with 242 walls. So none of them really do anything, but um, it makes it interesting aesthetically, I think. So, and the maps will be, you know, nice and short, but that's primarily what I'm working on right now. Thanks uh, to both of you for coming on. It's a shame Nine Inch Heels couldn't join us. Um, it's been really fun. I, I think, I think I'm prepared, uh, armed a little heavily or heavier, I guess would be the right word to, to uh, perhaps join you in arms, uh, in the next anti-slaughter one thread that crops up in the next couple of months. It'll be very fun. Um, just for those listening and interested, since we do have these walls of text by Nine Inch Hills, I'll just pop them up along with uh, Dude's Venn diagram. <laughs> Actually, I can't remember how it was laid out. Uh, it's like uh, the uh, political spectrum. I think it was. Oh, that's like. <laughs> of yeah. course it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, two axes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll pop that alongside uh, for essential reading or viewing or whatever. Okay, for those interested, speak to you guys next time. Thanks very much for coming on the cast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. Take care.